Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, no matter where you are in this world, you're listening to the COB here from Ausbiz. I'm David Scott, or Scotty as they call me around here, and I'm lucky enough to be joined today by Caro. How was your day? Oh, it was pretty busy, wasn't it, Scotty? I mean, a lot going on this week, not only globally, but here at home as well. Of course, the big news of the day is Afterpay. Yeah. Being bought by Square. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's an interesting deal. Uh, no, massive deal if it goes ahead. Uh, first things I was thinking is like, no, it's one of those, uh, those kind of bell ring moments because uh, a loss-making company acquiring another loss-making company in an all script deal <laughs> where you've got an owner who wears tie-dye stuff, you've got <laughs> Bitcoin involved. And uh, I must admit, when I first saw it, I was like, wow, like, no, is this like, is someone ringing the bell right now in my head? And I was kind of thinking, well, you know, Usually I would, but I know when's the uh, the easy money conditions going to go and come to an end to actually go and pull the rug under like you know, some of these deals that are taking place at the moment, and rather than being the uh, the actual uh, no the, the 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 top, I think it's just like the starters gun. Using an Olympic analogy, if we're watching the uh, the athletics, this fire in the starters gun, and I reckon it's just going to go and kick off a whole bunch of like ludicrous mode deals taking place from here on end. Yeah, well, certainly the industry. That will be now in focus. Some of those smaller players, there are a few here down in Australia. You'd think there will be the next targets uh, when it comes to an acquisition. Of course, we've got the big players in the US, Apple, uh, PayPal, Klarna, all looking to grow that market. So certainly lots to come. Yeah, there was a few uh, movements today in the, uh, the buy now, pay later space. It certainly suggested there was a bit of speculation that, uh, <laughs> where there's smoke with fire. And if one's uh, willing to be acquired, uh, then there might be a whole bunch of other action courses, Zipco. Uh, a bit of uh, no speculation about Klarna potentially being on the register as well. That's certainly got the market alight with a uh, speculative fervor uh, a couple of weeks ago. So keep a very close eye on that space. Look, uh, we might as well get straight to it because Afterpay, of course, is the uh, you know, topic de jour today here on the program. So we went and sat down for the stock of the day. Koshi sat down this time with Nathan Somersundram from Deep Data Analytics and at Gaurav Sodhi from the Intelligent Investor to get their take on the deal and whether it's worthwhile buying Afterpay after the news today. Take a listen. Um, I would have thought there would have been maybe some industry consolidation before there'd be a big tech out like this. Um, there are a couple of points to make, uh, Koshif. One is that it certainly validates the uh, buy now, pay later industry and shows that this is a legitimate long-term and important rival to traditional payment channels. And I was very surprised by the swiftness of the acceptance as well. It almost seemed like a, here, take my money, I'm out the door. Um, there was no opportunity for a counter. There was very little competition. Um, and it's trading at a significant discount to its the Afterpay's all-time high, which is unusual in the takeover of such a hot business. If you're happy to hold Afterpay, you should be happy to hold Square. Because I actually prefer Zip. Uh, I think it's a, a better model. Um, and also the, the quality control is a lot better. We looked at these stocks a long time ago. They ran multiples got crazy high 
Uh, we couldn't justify it. We got out a while ago. It went even higher, and then it fell below. Uh, and then it's come back, and it's been basically trading sideways. So if you think about where we were in December, uh, most of the buy now, pay later, including Square, actually, if you look at it in the US, has been really gone sideways since December. But the reality is the industry will uh, consolidate and become a few players. And Graves right, it's going to be consolidated with other services. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't bet against a story coming out that Klarna is looking at Zip in the next two weeks. And that was Nathan Samasundram confirming what we probably <laughs> suspected beforehand that uh, the Afterpay shares are not going to go into the portfolio. Interesting that it's trading at quite a sort of discount to what the actual offer price was uh, from Square. So it does imply that a few people maybe not willing to go and hang around and wait to go and get a script offering, taking the cash now and running, even if it is a slight discount. Yeah, I mean, up 20% on the day, but I think, it w- what was it, a 30% premium that they offered. But certainly lots of action. We spoke with John Winters from Superhero this morning. Those retail investors really looking for that volatility. And it's been one of the favourites on the list for so long now. So I guess some of those diehard fans that have been holding it, uh, you know, they're, they're celebrating today. Absolutely. Celebrating. I think investors across the country are celebrating. Of course, the local market closing at fresh record highs. The XJO briefly busting through that 7,500 point mark for the first time ever. Just amazing amounts of speculation. A lot of it came down as well. Uh, not only from the Afterpay deal, but also uh, from uh, also we saw some Chinese data that came out, which was a bit weaker than expected, particularly that manufacturing side of the equation. And uh, you know, bad news is good news when it comes to, of course, more liquidity and the prospect of more easing. And I wonder how much that might have gone and played a role as well. Because looking across the region, I think Nikkei was up over 2%, the Topics was up over 2%, and even Chinese equities that have been up and down like a yo-yo were having a bit of a nice day when I last looked. Yeah, the only red that I can see on the board is really from that materials space, Fortescue down over 2% on the day. Mineral resources also trading low. But interestingly, BHP and Rio are managing to hold on to very, very small gains. That's despite that iron ore price on Friday dropping around 7%. Yeah, I thought maybe the Aussie dollar might have had a factor there. But yeah, I, think I get the sense that a lot of people are hanging out for those big dividend payments coming through. What happens after they get paid will be fascinating to go and watch. But it was amazing to see the resilience of those iron ore miners, given what we saw when it came to the price movements. Uh, look, uh, we had some great chats today. You can probably imagine, given the amount of uh, no news flow coming through. Joe Maga, uh, obviously, uh, from Lake House Capital was one of those. And uh, he went into, uh, and told us that he was a long-term holder from Afterpay. He bought when it was uh, two bucks a pop, so uh, I'm sure he's probably happy with the news today. Went and gave his, uh, his take on the deal. So, you know, lots of other interviews on the site at the moment. You can go and speak to, I uh, know, the experts that we had a chat with today and see what their views were. But lots of excitement around that space. So Joe gave his take. We also went and uh, you know, touched upon the income side of the equation. Of course, there are income investors still out there, not just looking for growth. Uh, so we also had a chat with Gareth James from Morningstar. And uh, whilst there's lots of optimism about payout levels right now, he doesn't necessarily think that the good news will last. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Of course, still lots of results to come. It is August now. It's the first day of the trading month for August and it is earnings season here locally. So lots to get across over the next few weeks. But Scotty, you mentioned the Australian dollar there. It's looking pretty weak out there, isn't it? It's just trading in that, that range now, 73, 74 handle, but a lot of the analysts looking for that to move down into the 72. 72.40 looks to be uh, the support level, but is that going to have any influence on what we're seeing in these equity markets? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think something that's going to definitely have influence will be what happens with the RBA tomorrow. A lot of uh, speculation about what the RBA may do around its QE program. Of course, only last month when it made the uh, assertion that it was going to go and start tapering asset purchases uh, from September onwards. But now that looks very unlikely. We even have a, uh, Westpac is calling for an increase in QE pace to uh, six billion a week. Whether that's going to make much of a difference, I'm not sure. But uh, certainly it would come across as that Team Australia uh, no, approach that's been adopted by policymakers, but we know the influence that, uh, that real yields and uh, yields, nominal yields have uh, on the Aussie dollar. So if you crunch them any further, uh, certainly the, uh, that yield support that Aussie has, if it even still exists now, will be evaporated even further. So anything you're looking for when it comes to the RBA tomorrow? Uh, no, I guess just calls on on and how they're expecting these lockdowns to affect Q3 GDP. Of course, they'll be still looking at their you know, the traditional metrics of inflation and employment. But really, I guess, you know, these lockdowns are going to have a knock-on effect, particularly in the short term. It's just how they manage those long-term effects. Yeah, I had a really good conversation with Grant Wilson from Exante Data towards the end of the uh, day uh, this afternoon. And uh, yeah, really interesting chat. He was talking about that mix between what's going on with the other uh, vaccine rollout, the, uh, the thresholds are being put in place with the government's four-step plan. Uh, whether they're realistic goals, whether we can get up to those kind of targets and whether the state premiers and health officers in particular, of course, because a lot of them are driving the decision-making process, will all be on board uh, when it comes to reopening the economy once these thresholds have met. And uh, much like myself, he's, uh, he's feeling a bit... Uh, no, Curious as to whether that will actually going to take place. Look at uh, the, the previous behaviours. Now, will we see premiers willing to go and accept that there'll be deaths and people who will be getting sick from the virus? Because that's what will take place, even if we do have very, very high vaccination rates. Yeah, it, is, it has been so interesting, hasn't it? Just looking at how these premiers have kind of fought against each other. It's almost like we've got seven little mini countries here in Australia at the moment, uh, given that backdrop. Um, but yeah, it's all about vaccination, isn't it? It is. Everyone out there, I'm sure that anyone listening to this, please, please, please go and get vaccinated ASAP when those uh, shots come available. Of course, everyone is waiting for it, I know, and we're still hoping they can go and speed up that uh, delivery. But it's going to be so crucial. You know, us here in Sydney, I think it's now given, uh, I think most people are now of the view that it's going to be, we come out of lockdown when we have enough of the population vaccinated. So we conceivably going to be the first state in Australia to go and learn to live with the virus as uh, other parts of the world have. Yeah, well, of course, the UK is the test case at the moment. They are hitting those thresholds and they opened on the 19th of July. So the world just watching those guys at the moment. Of course, the case is still going up, but those hospitalizations very much steady. We do have the Bank of England also meeting this week. Sterling in focus it was a bit of an outperformer last week, pushed through the 139 handle. Some of those traders looking for the 140 on the back of some of the announcements from the Bank of England. Uh, a bit of cable to go and finish off. Look, it's going to be a busy week, as you mentioned, though, the Bank of England, also non-farm payrolls that will be the, uh, the macro highlight on Friday evening, saving the best to last. And, of course, here, the uh, local earnings season really starting to get into gear. Slow start, as we see in other parts of the world, but, uh, my goodness, I looked at the calendar coming through <laughs> uh, the next couple of weeks. Ooh, it's good. We're going to be busy. Got uh, steam coming out of my ears. So let's go and take this opportunity to go and put our feet up for a brief moment. And uh, we'll go and cool the heels and be back on air bright and early tomorrow at 8.30. Thanks for joining me today. It was great. No, it was great. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow.